Today's read aloud for March 26th includes chapters Lessons and Warnings, and it is from page 156 to 172. And it also is the chapter Together in Action. We only did two chapters today, but they are longer chapters. Enjoy! This chapter is called Lessons and Warnings. Alex flew through his first weeks of magical warrior training, determined to catch up to the others. Whenever he wasn't in class or in training, learning how to paint himself invisible, studying slam poetry charms, or drawing chalk outlines that would freeze a targeted person in one position indefinitely, he was in his room practicing all these things. He slipped into his classes late. He slipped into his classes late and left early so he wouldn't have to talk to anyone. He took most of his meals in his room, still percolating with disgust at Lainey for continuing to badger him with her pranks. He didn't respond to any of his friends who left messages for him. Through his blackboard, through his blackboard though, Clive, of course, delivered all of the messages rather loudly. Alex wished desperately to have his shush button back. And so it was that Ever since the governor's visit, Alex had completely abandoned his friends, yet he missed the companionship they'd all had during those moments when they weren't laughing at him or disgusted by him. Finally, one morning, Alex decided to come down to the dining room to eat. Why won't you answer our messages? Lainey demanded over breakfast. She pouted dramatically. Yes, why? Megan said. Alex put his breakfast on the table and sat down wearily. He was tired of being yelled at. He looked at Samid, who simply raised an eyebrow and took another spoonful of jam for his toast. Hello, Samid, Alex said pointedly. Alex, his mouth was too full to say more. It's not like you were going to, we were going to yell at you. We just, we were worried since you haven't been around, Lainey said. I wasn't worried, Samid said after swallowing. You were worried. I meant Meg and me, Lainey shot Samid a cross look. I wasn't worried either, offered Megan. Well, not much, anyway. Lainey blushed furiously and flounced in her seat. Fine, I was worried. Well, get on with it then, Alex said. Have at me and get it over with. I forgot to share my screen with you guys. I'm going to do that now. Oh, wait. Never mind, I can't because I accidentally made Dylan the presenter. That's all right. We'll figure it out later. Well, get on with it then, Alex said. Have at me and get it over with. You mean the governor's inspection thing? Asked Megan. It's over. Hardly anybody's talking about it now. Yeah, right. Then why is Miss Morning sitting over there shooting pins at me with her eyes? Megan turned to look at her focus instructor and waved. Miss Morning startled and blinked. Then her face broke into a pleasant, almost sheepish smile as she nodded hello. See, Alex, she wasn't even looking at you. Alex shrugged and began to respond with the, when the giant blackboard in the dining hall came to life. And Oscar, for what was his name, for that was his name, spoke. Attention students, please report to the theater in place of your first class this morning. The children could hear the announcement ringing in the stereo throughout the mansion. Oscar melted into the screen once again, and the words he'd just spoken were written in large neon letters, sure to catch the attention of at least 
of even the least aware. Oh, sure, look, Alex, Samid said. They've added bright colors to make sure you don't miss it. On a normal day when Alex might have been in a better mood, he would have laughed or fired back a reply just as snide. But there hadn't been ordinary day, any ordinary days for Alex in well over a month. And even though he was thrilled with his first weeks of warrior training, he was still very hurt that Lainey kept knocking him off his feet with spells, even though he'd asked her to stop. And he still felt bad about the mess he'd caused with the governor's visit. And he was still very lonely, missing Aaron and probably in need of a kind word. But none of his friends seemed compelled to give it now that he'd snubbed them so much. And he didn't care for Samid's sarcasm this particular morning after he'd gotten a full dose of mocking from Clive already, who had laughed and laughed when Alex had failed several times to cast an invisibility paintbrush spell on himself. And so, instead of ignoring it, Alex shoved his chair back and leaned towards Samid, his clenched fists on the table, a wild look in his eye. Not funny, Burkesh. Jeez, Alex, it was just a joke. I've had enough of everybody's blasted jokes, Alex said. Ease up, man, Samid said, pushing his chair back slowly. He knew Alex was no match for him, and he didn't want to have to punch him in the face again. Me? Ease up? Oh, that's ripe. Alex slowly moved around the table towards Samid. Lainey stood up. I'll take him down for you, Sam. She began speaking an, an incantation. Alex whirled around to face her. And you, one day soon, you're going to be very sorry if you did the... He stopped short and stared as Lainey pointed up in the air above Alex's head and shrieked, frozen, mid-spell. She fell to the floor immediately. She fell to the floor. Immediately, the dining room erupted into shouts and fearful screams. What? Who? Alex whipped around to see what happened. Samid, a shocked look on his face, pointed upward, then dove under a nearby table while Megan scrambled out of her chair and ran for safety. Alex looked up, descending toward their table at a rapid rate, were the enormous black paws of the great winged cheetah statue nearly upon him. He dove off to the side, almost getting slammed across the room when the tip of the cheetah's stone wing caught him across the back. Simber landed gracefully, though his wings flapped with such force that the wind blew the teacups right out of their saucers. Enough, he roared, looking at Lainey. Save your spells for your enemies. And after a moment of complete silence, the enormous creature ceremoniously folded in his wings, turned about carefully in the space between the tables, and loped gracefully back through the dining room and down the hallway to the front entrance, where he leaped up and assumed his normal position. Miss Morning rushed over to the table, helping Lainey sit up and checking to make sure Alex was okay. Samid crawled back out from under the table and brushed himself off, and Megan returned wide-eyed as well. The room remained hushed as the four stood there, looking at each other. Lainey was still a bit pale and shaky, but otherwise unharmed. That is, if you don't count the pointing and laughing from the others, for days and years to come for being the one who drove Simber just a little bit over the edge. The four, no longer having much of an appetite, turned without further ado and made their way to, into the tubes, meeting again in the theater a split second later. There was no need to mention the event again. One of them wished to forget it entirely, while another hoped to remember it forever as the time the most frightening creature in all of Artemis came to his defense. Desperately, Alex wished it could would set in motion a better, happier time. He bit his lip, thinking he was a big 
reason things weren't good now. He glanced at Lainey, feeling bad about his outburst. He really needed to get a handle on things. Sorry, guys, he said as they walked toward their seats. I've been kind of a jerk lately. Megan smiled and Samid punched Alex slightly in the shoulder. Lainey just nodded and kept her eyes on the floor. It's okay, she said finally. The seats in the theater filled rapidly and one could hear murmurs through the crowd, half of them discussing the drama of the dining room and the other half wondering what could be so important as to prompt a meeting such as this, with all of the creatures, students, instructors, families, even the little children required to attend. Simber and Florence appeared rather suddenly as well, standing elegant and tall near the back, and Megan wondered for a moment how they could possibly fit in the tubes, but when Mr. Today walked briskly to the stage, all stray thoughts ceased along with the buzz of the crowd. Most of the creatures sat near the front since they were shorter than the humans. The winged creatures hovered at the ceiling, including Jim, who sort of bounced up and down like a yo-yo in his slow flapping fashion. Each push down with his powerful wings brought him to the ceiling, and each flap allowed him to sink several feet, sometimes more, such that the creatures sitting directly below him glanced up nervously from time to time to make sure he wasn't about to free fall and make feather cakes out of them. Good morning, Mr. Today said, and the crowd was silent. Even the platyprots held their tongues whenever Mr. Today began speaking, though it, surely very, though it was surely very difficult for them, especially when they could have such a large audience. Thank you for coming on such short notice, which reminds me, has anybody seen Alex Stowe? What's that? Oh, he's here. Tremendous. The Maj tuckled chuckled heartily and smiled in Alex's direction, and the crowd laughed as well, some feeling quite relieved that Mr. Today was making a joke out of it. Alex turned bright red and grinned reluctantly, which turned out to be the best thing he could have done. It took the pressure off him enormously. Later, when he thought about it again, Alex was grateful for the attention. To the business of the day, the task we may face, Mr. Today began in a serious tone of voice. First of all, I do not wish to frighten anyone. We've all learned that there is enough fear in, of the unknown in Quill to strike us all into panic on a whim even years later. Fear is a difficult thing to unlearn. But you know that is not my way of doing things. Rather, I called you all here this morning because I do not wish to hide anything from you. He paused, his eyes roaming the crowd. I have reason to believe, as I have made clear for the past several years, that we may at some point be discovered. You all know this. I've never tried to hide it. And while Artemis is magic, it was created by my flawed human hands, and therefore perfection, complete safety, isolation, is not something I have ever promised or will ever promise you. Today, I come before you with nothing than a hunch, an inkling, that sometime before the next class of unwanteds arrives in a few months from now, and yes, sometime could mean a week, or it could mean the day of the next purge, but I rather think it will come somewhere in between. We will be discovered by the people of Quill. A wave of whispers passed from one end of the theater to the other. What will happen then, you might be asking. I do not have the answer. Perhaps nothing at all, but more than likely, the high priest Justine and her governors will be so completely furious that they will stop at nothing to kill us all. In the silence that followed, no one panicked. Each member of the crowd realized that they had been preparing for this day to come, and while nobody wanted it, everyone knew the purpose of magical warrior training and the potential danger that faced them. And since most humans in the room had faced death once before, this was not as big a shock to them as it might have been. And so, Mr. Today continued, today we begin preparing in earnest, 
and we shall be adding more group classes to help us better learn the benefits of fighting as warriors together, rather than as individuals, each with his own plan. We will be doubling our instruction in spell casting and offering you opportunities to create spells of your own. You'll have plenty of chances to practice in class. Please do keep in mind that while I do not wish to tell you how to fight, for, all we for we all have our different methods and emotions involved in this issue, it is my personal policy to use non-lethal weapons and creative ingenuity to fight. Some of you will feel that it is wrong to kill another person no matter the reason no matter that they once tried to kill you, you will no doubt create the other means to protect yourselves and those around you. Others of you will seethe with anger in spite for what the brainwashed people of Quill have done to you, and you will not hesitate to give them the same sentence that they gave to you, or at least the sentence they didn't stop from happening. To you, I ask only that you begin now to consider your future actions and your motivations so that you are sure of your choices. I do not wish for anyone to live a regret, a hasty decision for the rest of his life. Mr. Today lowered his head for a moment and then went on in a strong voice. Be assured, my dear citizens, that it takes more than strength and intelligence to win a battle. It takes creativity and skill and common sense, and Artime is brimming with it. Let's work together now, everyone, to maximize our ingenuity, I can't say this word, ingenuity and skills to grow strong and confident, to, make on, to take on any challenge that comes our way with reason and dignity. My greatest hope, he said in conclusion, is that my hunch is incorrect, but if it is not, we shall be prepared. Mr. Today folded his fingers together and bowed his head slightly. The people of Artemis hesitated and then rallied together in cheers and applause for their beloved leader. In the ruckus, no one seemed to notice. Will Blair and Samid sneaking away into the tubes. This chapter is called Together in Action. Samid was the last to arrive at the Library of Magical Art. He plopped down in the chair next to Lainey, who leaned over a large ornate book of spells, reading intently. Alex and Megan worked together with colorful sheets of origami paper. First, following directions they had received in their group warrior class, then branching out a little. Alex was determined not only to catch up on catch up to the others in his private warrior lessons, but also to make something of a name for himself by creating a unique charm that actually worked and was useful. Cute, Samid said sarcastically. He set his scripts on the table in front of him and peered more closely at the three-dimensional paper animals that lay strewn about the table. He picked one up, a green dragon, no bigger than the palm of his hand. What are these supposed to do again? That one doesn't do anything, Megan mused in a puzzled voice. I can't figure it out. The thing just flies in a circle and fizzes out. What good is that? Samid tried throwing it like a paper airplane, and indeed it circled around the table, flapped its wings a few times awkwardly, and crash landed on the table. What gives, Alex? Isn't this in your specialty? I'm trying, Alex muttered. I have a distinct disadvantage here, you realize. That old crutch, Samid said. You'll never catch up with that attitude. Alex made a nasty face. Stop it, you two. We're supposed to work together, remember? Megan was growing exceedingly frustrated and cross. Eleni looked up, somewhat bewildered. Oh, you're here, she said evenly to Samid, but he was busy studying Alex as he worked. She glanced at Alex briefly and immediately buried herself back into her book. Alex picked up the dragon and turned it around gently in his hands, mentally going over every precise folding instruction and matching it up 
to the proper fold of the dragon. He shook his head. We have it folded properly, he said. So why? Samid fur furrowed his brows. Well, it hasn't got any eyes, he said. How's it supposed to see where to go without them? That's the most ridiculous, Alex began and then stopped short. Begrudgingly, he withdrew a handful of colored pencils from his art case. All right, eyes. He expertly outlined two eyes and colored them in, giving the dragon deep yellow irises and large black pupils. There, so he can see better at night, he said dryly. He sent the dragon afloat once more, and it circled nearly the same as before, but this time it landed gently on the table in front of Alex. It blinked once and looked up at the boy. Oh, hello, Alex said to the dragon, and then looked back up at his friends. That helped the landing, at least. Megan grinned. He's adorable. I want to keep him. Samid rolled his eyes and snorted, bringing Lainey back to awareness. She blinked, taking in the mess of papers and the origami animals scattered on the table and began to watch curiously as Alex started drawing on the dragon again. A tongue. His own tongue poked out the side of his mouth as he drew. In flames, of course, he said when he added a bright orange burst inside the dragon's mouth. When he was finished, he sent the dragon flying again. It circled as just before, landed softly in front of Alex, and blew a flame from its mouth that singed the hair on Alex's arm. Youch! he cried. Samid and Megan laughed as Alex shook his arm in surprise. Lainey, still watching with a bored, sat, still watching, said with a bored look, "You have to tell him where to go, you dolt." She'd picked up that word down in the lounge from Earl, who used it liberally. Or else he'll keep coming back to you. Megan slapped her hand to her forehead. Ugh, that's it. Of course you're right, Lainey. Mm-hmm. Lainey nodded absentmindedly as she engaged herself with her reading again. Alex picked up the dragon again, looking around the library. Attack the statue, he said, and sent the dragon through the air. This time, the dragon flapped its wings and raced to the statue, streaking through the air so quickly that all the children could see was a green blur. It sent flames shooting brightly from its mouth when it made contact hovering against the statue's body for a moment until the dragon itself exploded into a little ball of fire and dropped to the floor. The statue, a grim-looking ostrich, opened its eyes and glared at Alex. Do you mind? said the bird. Oh, sorry, Alex said hastily. I thought you were one of the, um, non-living ones. We're all alive, thank you very much. Some of us just choose not to reveal that in front of a bratty, unreliable spell-casting children, however. I won't do it again, Alex said with a sheepish smile. Sure, muttered the ostrich. She stretched out her bent leg carefully as if she held that position a very long time and then limped off to take cover behind a tall bookshelf. The dragon had by now burned up completely, leaving a small heap of ashes on the floor. Samid went to pick them up and tossed them into the waste can. Not bad, Stowe, he said. Can you make an army of them? Sure, now that I know how, Alex said. Megan caught Alex's eye then looked at Lainey meaningfully. Oh, Alex said. Oh, I mean, thanks to Lainey. Hmm, Lainey said, looking up, blinking her long lashes. Alex held her gaze for a moment before he hurriedly looked away. Hi, I mean, thanks. Never mind, he said, suddenly feeling terribly self-conscious. In the back of his mind, he began to wonder when it was that Lainey had stopped acting and looking like a little kid. And then he noticed her book. What are you reading about? he asked. She turned the gilded page. Killing spells, she said. Seriously? Wow. He tried to ima imagine Lainey killing someone. He thought for a moment and his eyes narrowed. You're not going to practice one on me, are you? Lainey laughed. Depends, she said. 
She didn't tell him that there weren't any actual spells in the book, just scholarly discussions on the topic written by people with names she'd never heard before. I guess you'd better be nice to me. Alex felt the heat rise to his face as Lainey, grinning, watched him squirm. Okay, he said lightly, and then he scrambled to pack up his things and disappeared. Thanks for listening to Read Aloud. I will be live in Schoology Conference tomorrow at 1 o'clock, and I will post it in Seesaw. Have a good day.